What's up, guys? Welcome to the Social Media Entrepreneurs Podcast, teaching you how to become a full-time entrepreneur by leveraging modern social media strategies. I'm your host, Derek Vidal, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Gina Nappi. She's actually a friend of mine outside of the online world, and uh, we used to work at the same company. So a lot of you know that I come from Cutco, and I came from the sales side, and Gina did some of the sales. I think she had more of a management focus, and... Uh, Right, Gina? You didn't do CSP, you did? Okay, cool. So she's more on the management side. But everyone who comes out of Cutco is an absolute badass, especially if you did it for a very long time. But it gets very hard to ever leave the company, honestly, because the culture is so awesome, the income so great. Um, but Gina is someone like myself that decided to pave her own way and make her own coaching practice. So today we're going to dissect how that transition went and like what she sells nowadays and you know how she makes money so that's applicable to you guys but we're also going to really spend a lot of time talking about manifestation in general because she's a manifestation coach and I'm someone who I love any kind of concept that brings people success I want to know about I want to have personal experience about it I want to understand like the logical side of it how much of it's spiritual so we're really going to be you know giving her some pushback today it should be a fun interview and figuring out exactly what's the deal with manifestation how to apply it into your own life and all that good stuff. So uh, how's it going today, Gina? It's going great. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So let, let's get started with manifestation. Then we'll go back into your story, like leaving Cutco and everything. Like what's your definition of manifestation? Yeah, my definition of manifestation is really just deciding on a desire, like feeling into the possibility, um, deciding that it's a true desire for you. Um, aligning with the version of yourself that you need to be to realize that desire and then attracting it in. And how much of this would you say is like, how much is your approach on the spiritual side versus how much of it is more on the like, you know, writing it down and um, I don't want to say like on the reality side, because I don't want to, you know, the inverse of that would be saying that it's not in reality. But um, what would be the best way to say this? Like the more logical brain side of me, I guess it's very fitting to your poster behind you with the logical and the art side brain. So give me both takes of manifestation from those perspectives. Yeah, I think that anytime someone has a sensation or more of that like abstract Feel, there has to be a logical counterpart to it for them to believe in the possibility of it. So um, the possibility, the sensitivity to what that desire is, that is really the emotional part. But we also break down a lot of the like conscious and subconscious stories, which are very real. They live in the brain. Um, and then in, you know, whatever practice they, I teach or use, um, they're all tools to really help hone the subconscious mind to get on board with what is happening in like conscious reality. Um, so I would say it's a really good balance of both. I started off a skeptic myself. Um, and a, a good part is also my intuitive ability and my ability to read my clients and um, kind of bring forward in their awareness what they might not be aware of themselves. So um, it's a good, good mix of both, but I really love being able to ground it into the practical, tangible and applicable um, because it's not just about hoping or wishing. Would you say that some people are skeptical of manifestation because maybe they they said, yeah, I got a journal. I wrote down what I wanted and then I made an action plan and then it, it didn't happen. So I guess it doesn't work, but it only works if you have healed a significant amount of your internal self beforehand. So maybe um, they have like a problem with self-sabotage 
and then they go through the steps, but they don't really believe it throughout the whole thing. Is that like a good example of why someone might feel like it doesn't work, but they were just misaligned to begin with? Yeah, exactly. And I think that there are some people that get attached to this idea of just hope and putting faith that their situation will get better into some someone else's hands or some greater force's hands so that they don't have to take responsibility for it. That's not the kind of manifestation that I work with. Um, it really does take the responsibility and internal looking to do the work to align with that version of yourself, overcoming the self-sabotaging patterns, overcoming the um, lack of belief that's implied with pursuing a big goal to prove yourself. Um, there's a lot more layers to it. So I think definitely like there's some skepticism also with anything mainstream, there's going to be different, um, versions of it. I mean, uh, manifestation has become super mainstream, especially in the last couple of years. So, um, yeah, there's kind of the just topical thought perspective. And then there's the idea of becoming what you desire, what you desire. Different, would you say different philosophies on manifestation are out there? Cause I like, the secret was probably the thing that really pioneered these ideas, uh, as far as I know. And I know you were telling me when I talked to you about this before that you align like 70% of what they do. Like how much of this is like everyone is kind of coming up with their own theories and their own practices about this versus like the the methodology is becoming streamlined as well. Yeah. Um, so I love the secret, but I think there's more to it than just thoughts. Um, I also love the book Thinking Grow Rich. Um, and that is like an a very logical approach to manifestation work. Um, I would say that the beauty of any industry is people bringing in their own gifts and their own like craftsmanship to creating techniques. And ultimately, the techniques and the tools are all revolving around the same idea, which is this inner alignment with a higher potential. Um, that some people associate with just your logical idea of your best self, whereas some people associate it with a very spiritual meaning. Um, so I would say there's a good amount of diversity, but it's all really revolving around the same idea of alignment and tapping into true abundance um, found through becoming your best self. So the, the first time that I felt that there was a good amount of truth to manifestation and, and visualization and this whole thing is I was working a very slow show in the middle of nowhere in New Mexico. And this was the year that I was going out to hit the Rolex level in Cutco. And I needed this to be big. It was like October or something. I was very far behind and it was just a dead county fair. But I was like, I'm going to visualize someone coming up to the booth and buying a ton. And I just did that over and over and over. And I kept off my phone the entire time. I stood there. I said hi to every single person. I tried to entertain a per like a conversation with every single person there, every booth around me. And I was definitely becoming this like energy magnet of, you know, uh, being social. And uh, I sold like $7,000 at this show with like no one at it. It basically was like one order that was like three or 4,000 CPO and like another one that was like 2,000 and then uh, a few like smaller orders. And it's so funny because everyone kept working that show for years after because they saw like what it produced before because we always show like here's the highest number it's ever produced. And it, like everyone goes back and sells like one or 2,000 because it's just like in this 
small town, middle of nowhere. And unless you were just a completely attentive all day, like it's probably not going to happen. So then I was like, okay, I can see how me visualizing that person coming up kept me off my phone and mm-hmm. kept me, uh, you know, looking up and talking to everyone. So there was a logical component that was fueled by like the spiritual, um, you know, uh, belief at the beginning. So that's where I was like, okay, I can see how the two work together. Like when you hear that story, how much are you thinking? Yeah, the your spiritual belief led to your logical actions, or are you saying, yeah, your spiritual thoughts is what attracted those people to begin with? Oh, I love that story, and I think it's a mix of both. Um, it's that moment of awareness of I'm going to choose to tap into a greater possibility here instead of feel sorry for myself. Um, and feel frustrated with my situation. It's how do I become the creator in the situation and tap into what I would love to have happen versus being a victim to just whatever is happening or what the first couple of hours have felt like. Um, And that is how it works. We tap into possibility, this almost like spiritual sensation, maybe a thought that drops in an idea or um, a moment of inspiration that we didn't consciously come up with ourselves, but is just there Um, and informs our logic on how to align with the best possible outcome in that moment, that is the process of manifestation. And yes, the presence is a very like logical, tangible thing that you did that could inform how you show up better to future shows too. Um, But I believe that, you know, at our core, we are vibration, like all atoms are in constant, constant movement. There is some science to this and um, your thoughts vibrate as well. So more positively charged thoughts oriented towards possibility and what you desire are going to feel better around someone than someone who's just like, oh, poor me, like the, like people can feel that whether they're intuitive or not. So I think it was for sure a mix of both, like taking aligned action in that moment and then also choosing a positive polarity to embody that is going to serve more as a magnet towards people as well and kind of induce more conversations for sure. I think a lot of people could maybe look at their their past and say, all right, think of times that I was in a really bad mood and I went out in public versus just in a really good mood and went out in public. Like how much more receptive were people to you? And it just feels like you almost just controlled everyone's emotions around you uh that day because it's it's pretty rare that i'm in a horrible mood and then there's people around me that are sprightly and you know just having a great time but i have realized that i can really influence everyone around me when i'm having a great day and just like that one interaction leads to them now treating the next person better so there is the logical side of like kindness spreads and yeah if someone was just nice to you of course you're gonna keep that up but i can totally see the energetic part of this and even if it's just you know, how much their eyes light up when they see you, like when someone's excited to see you, like everyone wants, you know, this positive validation. So um, yeah, I I can totally see how there's both explanations going on here. Um, Now there are millions of listeners uh, listening to this show. And uh, one of them wrote in a question for you and he wants to know, is manifestation bullshit? (laughs) No. It's not. It is very real and it's measurable so long as you have the right approach. Okay. So what is the right approach? So my go-to is um, helping people feel into the difference between their soul and their ego. And the ego is 
kind of this adopted identity over the course of our lives based on experiences that we've had, maybe wounding that we've experienced. Um, and our soul is essentially like our energy body that is the most abundant version of us. And so first is tapping into, are you tuning into the desires of your ego or your soul? Um, your soul may be, I want to make a massive impact in the world, or I want to travel to a place that really inspires me that I would love to experience. Um, and it's a felt sense versus an ego, my, ego want might be, I want to um, achieve this level in my job so that I don't feel like a failure, so that I can prove my parents wrong. Um, it's like we're there's an operation there's a, a motive from fear and comparison. Um, so first is to tap into like your organic true desire and to be able to hear that voice and amplify it inside of you. And then ask the question of how can I do this versus is this possible for me? Can this happen? Believing, yes, it's possible because if I desire it, it must be meant for me. Who must I become in order to make that dream trip real like I need to have money so I should get to work <laughs> um it's like being able to work backwards on who the person is who the version of you is in that moment that exists and becoming that version of you and oftentimes it leads to um outcomes greater than you originally anticipated where you might I've had trips where I went to Switzerland and it was exactly as I pictured it like fulfilled my wildest dreams and then I had desires for what a relationship would feel like in my life. And I worked on becoming the best version of myself for that future relationship. And my relationship with Alex, my fiance, exceeds my wildest desires that I had in that moment. So it's tapping into what you truly want and then doing the inner work to become that elevated version of yourself from a place of love, faith, and self-belief versus working away from fears that you have or trying to prove yourself to be something. Um, or to prove yourself to be good enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So when someone, they sit down and they say, what is my motive to become a successful business owner? And they get to the root of it and they get really real with themselves and they say, I can sense that a little bit of this is to say, you know, screw you parents, I was right about not going to college or something like that, right? And that is a strong source of motivation for them. How much is that a healthy source of motivation versus you should say, no, that means that you're going to be chasing something that you don't actually want. And even if you get it, it will feel unfulfilling. Um, and you need to make sure that there's other reasons you're in it. Or do you utilize that that motivation for what it is in any way? Yeah, I think it's really great. Uh, it's a great resource of motivation when you're younger and you are in this like prove it, like achievement oriented mentality. I think every person needs to go through this phase in their life where they do prove to themselves, I can do this. And it's once you get through that, realizing, do I always want to work from this prove it mentality or is there a greater energy source that I can tap into that can draw me into achievement beyond what my mind can expect right now um that can draw me into circumstances beyond because my my problem with linear growth <laughs> and just like focusing on the next milestone and it's like okay i had a 10k push in cutco so now i'm going to go after the rollout or whatever it is like this then this then this 
is that we're always meeting our expectations. And I believe in having a life where, yes, you meet expectations, you follow through, but also you experience magic and things going even better than you had planned, which can only really be, ha- which can only really happen by tapping into a, a source greater than yourself, a purpose greater than just you and your current circumstances. Otherwise, you're only ever working away from fear and you're never like really catalyzing yourself forward into faith and possibility. That makes sense. Do you have a method for helping people decide what they really want in life? Yes. Um, Funny enough, it actually involves taking into account, like, what have you experienced? Because I think that our experience in the past, our upbringing, who we are, has a lot of the codes for what our essence, what our soul really is. Um, Because we typically are able to detect patterns in our life, things that are really meaningful to us. So for an example, for me, um, I spent a lot of my life feeling misunderstood and unseen. And now one of my strongest gifts is understanding. And it's something that I use as a tool in my coaching. So we look in their past at what are, what are the meaningful moments? And then, um, the ego wants can actually inform the soul desires as well, because it shows kind of where that person's focus is. And through coaching, we unpack like, okay, instead of identifying with this desire to achieve in your career, because you want to prove your parents right or wrong, because they, you know, your dad thinks you're going to amount to nothing and whatever the story is. Can you replace that story with a story that serves you and is it revolves around impact and purpose that's found within who you are and the impact that you want to make on the world. Um, So we look at their past experiences. I have them journal really comes down to self-awareness, self-understanding, and then choosing the stories that they perpetuate moving forward, which we kind of reprogram, um, which is the part that takes time. How often do you feel like someone's inner purpose is going to be geared towards helping people other than themselves? Is it ever just so that they can live the exact life they want? Or maybe it's just for taking care of their family? Because I think a lot of times when I heard people ask, like, find your purpose, I'm like, all right, what charity should I start? Like, it seems like you always need to do something really big like that. And I'm sure that could be a tremendous purpose for someone, but it doesn't apply to everyone. Like, how often is someone's true purpose, do you feel like, is going to be aligned with helping people outside of themselves? I think it always is. And even if someone has a smaller vision of just impacting their immediate family, like who they are is going to impact the people that they interact with in their life. If someone is in sales and they don't want a leadership role, but they just want to max out their income, um, they may tie that providership towards their family or their children, they may take, um, they may find a lot of meaning in a sales role and interacting with people and serving people from the right place as the type of service that they want to embody for when they're home as well. So um, I think that the size of someone's vision depends on the person, like what they want to build, whether it's starting a nonprofit or leading a community or, um, you know, starting a massive business, someone can find just as much meaning and purpose in being an amazing parent or being an amazing partner. And that part kind of depends on the person. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, so going back to the blocks that someone could have from experiencing manifestation, I know that a lot of these are, are very internal and doing deep work. What are some of them that are more in the physical world? Uh, for instance, for me, I really needed to let go of marijuana in order to really gain, get, uh, you know, in tune with my higher self, uh, you know, way more consistently. And then such that I started just getting rid of basically every vice that I had after that. And I feel like I'm growing more and more into myself. And that was really like such a roadblock for me. Um, maybe you can reflect on that or any other roadblocks that are very common that people should address those negative habits first before they really start to do all this other work. Yeah, I think that substances are a huge, huge one. Um, and alcohol even being something that a lot of people will say, okay, in order to have fun in this place, I need to, I got to have a few shots in me. And I used to be that person. And there's actually absolutely no judgment or shame in that person, but it's kind of noticing why, what am I seeking out in these vices? What am I seeking out in these substances? Because often the answer is depth. Like I'm seeking a sense of depth. I want to have more fun. I want to have more belonging. And I've always been someone that is like, well, how do I, if, like, why do I need that other thing to create that for me? How do I source that and create that within myself so that when I go places, I have fun and I don't need to rely on this thing. And I um, think that from a spiritual sense too, like cutting out alcohol is a game changer. I've been sober for almost six months and I'm never going back. Um, it's definitely, it, it invites you into deeper work personally, but love substances, or love the, hang on. <laughs> well, I'm, um, I'm clipping that. Thank you. <laughs> love them. Um, no, I love the conversation <laughs> around substances um, because people also have a lot of underlying shame in their substance use. So um, there's a lot that we can unpack there. But I think other common blocks are feeling limited by their current circumstances, um, feeling at at war with themselves, especially high achievers when they're, you know, they identify as a successful person. There are ebbs and flows in life always. And our ability to manage our life is not just like how we respond to the high moments, but really managing our mindset when we respond and are experiencing the low moment moments. And so a big block that I see people working through is their battle with themselves, their self-talk when they're not successful or they don't have evidence that's proving that they're having an off week, they can get into these shame cycles of like, I need to get after this. And they can get into this mode of like force and you can't create truly like abundant resources from a place of force. So it's the lack of safety in their own body. Actually, that's a huge block. People thinking that they need to have all the answers and relying on their mind too much. That leads to overthinking, um, self-sabotage, um, self-criticism, like these stories that aren't serving them. So I, I honestly think the biggest block is somebody's own mind, their own personal stories that are kind of running on repeat when they get into these these lows. Um, and the answer in that is to come back into your body, is to feel safe, is to feel love for yourself so that you can actually resource the best answer versus the most fearful, fear-based answer. Hey you, yeah, you listening. Do you like personal finance or real estate? Are you itching to build wealth and create a better life for yourself or your family? Then you need to come check out the Life, Money, and More podcast with real estate agent, YouTuber, and actor, Sage Weiss. This isn't your average finance show. 
we dive deep and do not sugarcoat topics around money and life. The Life, Money, and More podcast releases two episodes a week just for you because we're all about helping you win in this crazy world we live in. Come join the thousands of listeners on the Life, Money, and More podcast. Is it almost always rooted in fear is what people are being controlled by? Yeah, it's this idea of like fear and lack of safety. Um, and I, I speak from experience too. Like I struggled the first 22 years of my life with depression and anxiety. And that my depression was rooted in fear of the past repeating itself and fear of not achieving the things that I wanted or, or creating the life that I wanted. And the anxiety piece was fear of the unknown and always associating bad with the unknown. And like, I need to prepare against the worst versus embrace the possibilities of the best case scenario. Um, so these negatively polarized thoughts are typically uh, rooted in, in fear and control or the need for control. What are some exercises for someone that is having a lot of negative thoughts? They just can't get their focus. Do you recommend like taking to the journal, going to meditation? Uh, what are some of your top choices for that? Yeah. So first is that when you're experiencing negative thoughts to remember that you are not your thoughts and you have the power to choose what your thoughts are. So if you notice that you're having these negative thoughts, um, I definitely recommend breath work. Um, one of my favorite go-tos is um, inhaling through the nose for three counts and then exhaling through the mouth for six counts. And the important piece there is in through the nose, out through the mouth, um, exhale is twice as long as the inhale. So you can do an in count of four, exhale of eight. And that's a really great tool for calming down and like slowing down your thoughts. Um, and then journaling is great to just raise awareness for what is the story repeating in my mind and where is it coming from? And usually it's an old version of us, a wounded part that has not be, been fully seen or healed yet. Um, and getting to know like what the actual story is, because 95% of our thoughts are subconscious and our subconscious mind is, is running the majority of the show in our life. So the initial thought of like, it must be this, or it must be this moment that just triggered it. Um, I just challenge you to really like dig deeper and find out what is the actual story? What are, what are you afraid of? What's the part of you that's not feeling enough or worthy in that moment? Um, and can you offer that part some enlightened perspective on what is happening in the present moment? So for an example, if someone is like out on a date and their insecurity gets the best of them in a moment, noticing that that insecurity is coming up because they were rejected in the past and not because the person in front of them is rejecting them. Um, so it's the ability to kind of like get in touch with the actual story, offering yourself loving perspective and then acting in alignment with that loving perspective. Um, and being able to tune into the feeling of I am good enough. I do believe in myself. Um, another exercise that I love to teach clients is I, I love affirmations. A lot of people will say that those are bullshit, but I think that if you couple the feeling with the thought, they are not. Um, and 95% of our thoughts are subconscious. 90% um, of them are repetitive, meaning that they are the exact same as the day before. So the practice of repetition of the thoughts that you want to embody can actually help rewire your brain over time. And so 
Um, I just had a client tell me that she used this last week where she was about to give a message during training and she got really nervous right before. And instead of saying like, oh, here are all the reasons that I might mess this up, she immediately identified with, I'm a great public speaker. I'm more than prepared for this. And I'm going to like bring fun and energy to the room. And she crushed it um, because she was able to redirect her thoughts in that moment. So it's like tuning into what are you telling yourself and immediately embodying the positive opposite of that, of that truth or story. Yeah. It, it's easier said than done, but it's also not because it really is that simple Yeah, to, I mean, to just get that, that shift. Yeah. Before I would do a speech, I used to say, lose the opportunity to be perfect for the opportunity to be authentic or lose the need to be perfect for the opportunity to be authentic. And that was like my line to like remove half of my nerves. And then I'm like, okay, cool. We're good. Yeah. It is easier said than done in some ways. And part of that is just your belief around how easy it can be to change your inner story. Um, because oftentimes when we've been burned and hurt and, you know, we experienced trauma in the past, our whole identity wants to stand by like that problem and justifying why, you know, it was okay for us to feel bad in that moment. Um, and from personal experience, like I just, I, I don't want to perpetuate the hard things that I've been through by believing over time that they were really, really hard. Like I can acknowledge and honor, yes, that was hard. I can heal it. And then I'm good. Like, I don't need to hang on to this story of like, whatever is attached to that, um, which I, I think is what delays some people's like ability to truly move forward is just the belief that you can. Um, so yeah, really uh, aligning with the belief too, that it can be instant, allowing it to be instant in your body and um, practicing over time makes it a lot easier too. It's a muscle. Belief is such a upward spiral or negative spiral. And that's why if it's a deep negative spiral where your entire life has really just been you missing all of your goals, whether you just couldn't hit it or you gave up on it early. Uh, and now you're in your thirties or forties or later, like it gets harder and harder. Like I've realized when like 18 year olds come in my coaching program, uh, it's easier to inspire them because they don't have a track record of failure than people in their forties. Like um, unless they've been crushing it the, their whole life, then yeah, then they do have more confidence than the 18 year old, but so many people aren't in that position. So they have this like long track record of, uh, you know, they at least view it as failures. So my favorite way to break that cycle is to set a mini goal for yourself that is a matter of a choice to hit. So I'm going to go to the gym five times this week. So like, it doesn't even have to deal with like you benching this much weight or anything that's like slightly out of your control, like just show up five times and do it. And then just like hit some kind of goal so that you can change your reality to yourself. Yeah. Uh, do you like that method or do you have an expansion on that? Yeah, I love it. It's like stacking up. If you have all of this evidence that you are not going to succeed, you do have to create momentum in the opposite direction. So it's creating small wins that build momentum and create evidence of like, oh, I am this person. I can do this. So I absolutely love that. Um, I think when people are setting New Year's resolutions too, that's a really common thing is they like will want to come in guns a blazing to their year. Like I'm going to do all these things differently. Um, and I must hit these standards to continue doing it. And um, it's really just setting small goals that compound over time um, and allowing yourself to grow into the goals that you have that sets you up for the best success rate for sure. 
Yeah, your goal is really hard. Uh, I had a New Year's resolution in 2023 to do something for fitness every day. And apart from the days that I got food poisoning, uh, I did do it, uh, even if it was like a walk or like just like 100 pushups at home or something. So it was really great. And I, I remember posting about it in October. I was like, no one posts about New Year's resolutions in October. It's always about it in January. So you know, but but it was hard. Like this was this took a lot of discipline to do. And if you have a track record of missing your goals, then don't say I'm going to do this for an entire year. Like just stack your win and uh, don't do it where, where it's one where, you know, you might hit it just like as long as I show up, like I simply show up, then the goal will be hit and then progressively get harder. Yeah. Um, the other thing that was really big for me last year was journaling, like you mentioned. So uh, what I found that I love doing with my journal, I just did this a couple of days ago. I've been doing it like almost probably like three journal entries a week for a year now. And I like to go back, like just flip back a year and then just read what I wrote at that time and uh, and just see the progress. But then I also make little notes to myself. So like I had invented this product in February and I was like, is this going to work? And then I went back yesterday. I'm like, yes, it did. <laughs> and I wrote like back to my former self. Yeah. Uh, so like I liked that. How much is, of journaling would you say there's a methodology to it versus just grab the pen and paper and do what you want? Um, I think the best use of journaling is for awareness of where you are in this moment. I think that it's great for getting thoughts down too. And, um, I use journaling for scripting as well. So I'll, one of my tools for manifestation is I'll go a year into the future and speak, um, from, you know, January, 2025's version of myself as a letter to myself now of all of the things that have happened. And so um, Alex and I have goals to go to Thailand this year. I have business goals. So it's like oh, our trip to Thailand was absolutely amazing. Like we had these, you know, soul awakening, amazing, loving experiences and really tapping into the sensation. So sometimes I'll use it for that. Um, but I really love journaling to just capture where you're at. It's so much fun to look back at. And also I think it gives your current self perspective too on how far you've come because oftentimes we can think, oh, we have so far left to go. We haven't hit our goals yet. Versus you go back and you're like, oh my gosh, I was doubting myself on this thing that I did quicker than I thought I would have. And it allows you to really feel into the gratitude too, which you need to, and the pride that you have um, in yourself for kind of pushing through and, and making it happen. So I love that. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step -step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step -step guide to starting your podcast today. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, I didn't think I would like it so much. I was always kind of 
like not into the idea. Uh, I was like, that's, you know, girls have diaries. I don't need to do that. So um, like, this was like my first year doing it. So now I'm like, all right, what other things do I need to do? So now I'm like, all right, meditation, let's give this a shot. I'm not good at it at all right now, but like yet, but uh, yeah, well, I'm going to figure this one out. And that's why I was like, I really, really want to talk to you about manifestation. Cause it's another one where I'm like, I don't fully understand it yet. Um, so this has been great so far. Uh, wrapping up here, tell us uh, for everyone out there, like the most common thing of people listening to this podcast is they are looking to start their own business. It might not be in coaching, uh, but can you just give us some of your strategies for how you were able to transition from your secure job over to entrepreneurship? Yeah. So as much as I believe in manifestation and tapping into just what you desire, I also believe that your plan and strategy is going to fuel your faith and conviction and actually being able to attain the, the things that you desire. So um, I, starting out, um, actually had, I, I knew that it was time because I had people reaching out to me like, hey, are you taking clients right now? I had taken on clients in the past and um, it was just kind of happening organically and I got a lot of signs. So that is my spiritual side of it. Um, and then I um, structured my programming priced it out and got very clear on the exact number of people that I need to enroll in order to make this a viable option for my career and like security. Um, and also what is exciting to me. So um, reverse engineering the income goals, putting them into actual like, okay, these are the numbers that I, I must hit. And also these are the actions that are going to fuel these numbers. So um, from the this is the amount of clients that I need working backwards on, okay, here's the amount of people that I need to um, be getting into enrollment conversations with every single week. Then from there working backwards into um, here are the amount of like leads that I need to be creating each and every week in order to stay on track for my goals. Um, coupling my plan with my inspiration, with my purpose, with my mission statement and kind of trusting that the people that I'm meant to work with um, will find alignment in my marketing and my messaging as well. Um, so having an action plan that I felt good about committing to and every single day, it's an inner commitment of like, yes, this is the path. Like, yes, I believe in this. So, um, just that, you know, business is a mirror, um, and it's the greatest mirror I've ever looked in. So also committing deeper to my personal practices. I don't teach anyone anything that I'm not actively doing myself. Um, I just really believe in integrity. So um, sticking to my morning practices, following through on the things that I say I'm going to do, um, my personal commitments are just as important as my business strategy and the work that I do. And from the financial perspective, were you gearing your leaving date from your other job to this is the numbers I need to hit to match my personal expenses or to like match my old income? Like what was your leaving point where you said, as soon as I match personal expenses, I'm out. So I can just go full force. Oh, yeah. So um, first is to know, like, this is the minimum standard that I have for like production every single month to hit monthly expenses. And then also what's possible, which would actually exceed the goal that I was in most recently. Um, but I have a goal this year to earn the most I've ever earned. So uh, comparing my plan for this year to that year, which was a couple years back, um, but it's, it's, it's getting clear on both numbers, um, but also kind of feeling like it's apples to oranges because this feels definitely more on purpose with my heart. Um, and so just knowing also 
that I'm not going to feel the fulfillment in life that I crave finances separately um, unless I'm doing my own thing and leading myself fully. Um, so it was also the consent to like, yes, I'm ready to embark on this learning of this journey of self-employment um, that really like catalyzed the decision too. That really is the key and why it's very difficult for people to leave their secure job for entrepreneurship because it might be five to 10 years before you match your income again. So in that case, it might not be, but it might be. In yeah. that case, are you like, yeah, I don't care. Like I, I, I'm doing this. Like I'm so in line with, I need to do these actions. For me, I was just really done with Cutco. I like just had to go off on my own. And in 2020, I made more money from government aid from COVID than like my businesses. Like I was running two at that time and like both of those got closed and I'm on like business number eight since I left Cutco and like I'm running three of them now and they're good. But man, it, like you have to go back. Like I was making over hundred K a year and I had to be like, yeah, that's not worth it to me anymore. I want it so bad that put me back at just, you know, barely meeting my expenses every month. Like, let's just go back to financial survival mode so that I could be in line with my actions. And that's the real cost of going full-time with your entrepreneur career. And of the hundred plus people I've interviewed on this show, there's maybe, I can only think of one. There's probably another, but I can only think of one person who just blew it out of the water with their first business. Mm. Like, just, like within a year, she was uh, already making like over six figures, like immediately everyone else, definitely had uh, to, to wait a few years uh, and, and in some cases even go five or six figures in debt and then climb themselves out. And mm -hmm. uh, they were like dentists before and plenty of high paying careers, but they never even considered going back because it, they, you have to be in such alignment with just what you're going to be doing. It can't be based off of the finances because that is such a, a later reward in, in almost every case. So you never want to plan like, I'll just be the exception who figures it out immediately. It's just, that's really damn hard. And uh, yeah, every every time that girl who who did like make a lot of money, she's been on the podcast two or three times now. Uh, like she's, she's a rock star. So like, I can see how she was able to figure it out quick, but yeah, I mean, she just, um, made an offer selling to celebrities immediately. So, um, so she went right to the, right to the high paying clients and was able to just, um, really fake it till she made it. Cause she like faked it day one, like I'm the shit and like, boom, celebrity clients and took off. So, um, it, it's, that's a very difficult play. What was that Gina? That manifestation. Yeah, I, I guess she had manifestation on her side. Uh, Gina, any closing thoughts here? And also, how can people get a, get a hold of you? Yeah, just I I love that bit on entrepreneurship and that your vision and, and belief in self and commitment to your purpose surrounding your business is going to be what makes your business thrive truly. And like the unwavering commitment um, to it and, and the long-term commitment being willing to like play the long game. Um, cause I think some people want to get into business because it, it's fun to work for yourself and you can make good money. And, um, there's a lot of behind the scenes inner work and also business work that you become much more accountable to. And it's harder to show up for just yourself than it is to show up for a company that's holding you accountable and paying you a salary and has expectations outlined for you. So, um, I love that. And, 
Uh, I love this journey. I love the learning that comes from it, from being an entrepreneur, which is really like half the fun for me in, in, in conjunction with seeing clients get results and create the life of their dreams and attract and dream relationships, see their manifestations come to life, all of that. Um, I, I just love the learning on this journey. Um, and yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, the best way is through um, my Instagram at it's Gina Nappi. I post content there for mindset and manifestation and, and really just like a peek into my life and um, providing free tools to really become the creator of your life and to enhance your beliefs. And then I'm also on TikTok and I post daily videos there for tips and tricks too. Um, everything from kind of perspective, uh, little mindset shifts, uh, offerings and free tools that I offer as well. Awesome. Uh, yeah, guys, I'll link everything below. You can also book a, a free consultation call with her below. And uh, her husband's as cool as she says. He's a great friend of mine for a long time. Go see uh, how attractive he is on her Instagram. <laughs> and all of uh, her content is great too. So um, thank you for joining us today. And uh, we'll talk to you later, Gina. Sounds good. Thank you.